1: At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.
2: Welcome to Press This, the WordPress community podcast featuring exclusive content and interviews with leaders in the WordPress community. Covering everything from development to integrating your digital marketing strategy with WordPress. Join host David Vogelpohl of WP Engine and special guests from across the community as they keep you up to speed on the latest advancements in WordPress. Let's get started.
3: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Press This WordPress Community Podcast on Webmaster Radio. This is your host, David Vogelpohl, and I support the WordPress community through my role at WP Engine. And I love to bring the best of the community to you here every week. Unpress This. Just a reminder, you can subscribe on iTunes, iHeartRadio, or Spotify. And of course, as always, you can download the latest episodes at webmasterradio.fm. In this episode, we're going to be talking about getting your head around headless. And joining us for that conversation is Click Here Labs, Mr. Jonathan Jeter. Jonathan, welcome to the show. Thanks. Pleasure to be here. Awesome, glad to have you. You and I have had this discussion. We were talking right before we joined here, but uh, I think mean, it's got to be our third or fourth time doing this. So it's always fun to talk about it. And I don't think we've covered the same thing twice.
0: Yeah, it's always a little bit different because the technology keeps changing.
3: I know, and it's so uh, so odd. And that word headless is such a loaded term too because it means so many different things with so many different people. Um, and in today's episode, we're, we're specifically going to cover um, kind of the advantages and disadvantages, um, in particular, of JavaScript decoupled headless. So, using headless, kind of in a sense, I'm sorry, using WordPress in a sense as a data store to kind of feed into things like React and Angular, Angular, Angular applications. And so, um, you know, this is a hot topic. A lot of people are really interested in this. Um, there's kind of pros and cons on both sides. So we're going to spend some time here today going through that. Um, to kick things off, though, I kind of wanted to know, Jonathan, from your perspective, or at least your your backstory here, what is your WordPress origin story? What was the first time you used WordPress?
0: So it was, uh, I don't remember the year exactly, but I, I migrated from movable type to WordPress um, because of some issues we were having. Um, and it was for a client. I don't remember who that was, um, but it's been, I don't know lots and lots of years. So, um, I've been using WordPress in a, a different ways for a lot of time. Um, my first experience with WP engine was when I was at a, at another company and we were looking for a, a solution for our corporate site and, um, had to go through all the rigmarole of it, uh, not wanting WordPress cause it was insecure and it was just a blogging platform and all that. But, uh, eventually we, we won them over and, and started our, our, uh, our work with uh, WordPress and found a good host uh, to do that and uh, have had a good relationship with them ever since.
3: That's cool. And I know that, you know, a lot of people listening are probably familiar with Click Here Labs, um, but I was curious if you could just give us just a quick rundown on what y'all do.
0: Sure. So Click Here Labs is the digital division or affiliate of the Richards Group, which is a full service ad agency based out of Dallas, Texas. Um, we're the, the largest privately held ad agency in North America. So we do all kinds of work for our clients and at Click Here we specifically do the digital work such as websites, mobile apps, banner ads, um, all uh, motion graphics, all, all the different digital pieces. That's awesome. Well,
3: thanks for that backstory. So, um, kind of back to the kind of topic of the show, getting our head around headless. I, I think it's helpful for people to understand um, what we mean by a JavaScript decoupled headless in a WordPress context. Could you um, maybe, give in your
0: words, what, what, what do you think that means? Like, what does that stack look like? Sure, so, you know, WordPress is basically, it's PHP connecting to a database, MySQL. Um, and then that PHP creates the templates in the front end and, and all the things that you see when, when a WordPress site gets built. Um, the decoupled part is removing basically the, the content from the, the user interface or what the, the user sees when you build a website. So, um, you know, in the last couple of years, WordPress has made an API, REST API available uh, so that you can use WordPress as your content management system. That's where you put in the data and a very familiar interface. Um, but you can do with that data whatever you want. Whether it's, you know, host a site with WordPress and feed that data into a mobile app, or you know, build a completely different front end for your site and and feed it with the data from WordPress or WordPress and multiple other sources. So obviously, there's all kinds of
3: you kind know, of pros and cons to choosing headless, um, even to using WordPress as a data store. I think one of the most interesting parts of that, for me, are really the depth that WordPress already has in terms of the UX of the backend, how people enter content, editorial flows, and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want to kind of get to some of the other aspects, though, later around performance and capabilities, um, but just so people can wrap their head around it, what's like a one example of a, of a JavaScript decoupled headless uh, site or experience that you guys built?
0: So. Um- Ours is a little bit of a unique situation because when we decided to decouple, um, we had that same conversation around, um, you know, what about our performance? Are we going to hit the, you know, the API every time we load a page? Um, you know, what are we going to do about all that? So we ended up using a, um, uh, a, it's called a site builder. It's Gatsby. It's called a site. It's basically a, a site builder, um, and we used um, GraphQL to basically figure out the endpoints, and merge that with some React components. And um, then we, can, we uh, customize the the admin UI to, to have a different publish button that would publish the entire site. So that when uh, you know changes were made or whatever, we would actually generate a full version, uh, a static version of the site to uh, deal with those performance issues. Um, we've also used uh, WordPress in conjunction with a mobile app to where the, the site was a WordPress site, um, but within we had that API available to to be able to manage the content in one place. And so we didn't have you know multiple versions of of the content in different places that we had to to worry about.
3: That's such a powerful uh, you know thing to take advantage of for content teams, not having to bounce off into different places. Um, so it's interesting to hear how you all have approached that. So I think like one of the, you know there, there's all kinds of different benefits people tout when thinking about, you know, React or Angular apps tied into WordPress, um, you know, the steps you just described to build out the tech that you all use um, sounded like a lot of work. So what can you do with a React app that you can't do with, say, vanilla WordPress?
0: Sure. So uh, the differences are going to be in, well, for us, it's it's the differences in the type of UI that we can use. So. I've got a great front-end team, and I've got React developers, and we were already, bi- we already built a component library for another client, so we basically reused a lot of the components that we had already built, um, but there are a lot of, if you think about a lot of the modern techniques of, you know, side-scroll and up-scroll and down-scroll and all these really cool, fun things that are, people are doing with, with the UI, um, you know, you can do that with WordPress, but to be able to just kind of decouple that and build that as its own thing instead of trying to uh, match it to what's going on with a template or with a you know within a theme, build templates to do different things on different pages. Um, and for us it was, you know, I have a WordPress team and I have a front end team. So I let the WordPress team focus on what they do best, which is managing the site and you know creating the the user inputs and the templates and and, and that kind of thing. And then Put my front end team to be able to build the, like the cool animations and different things like that. So, um, if I'm going to tease that apart a little bit, if I'm thinking
3: like, what can I add to my site with React in an easier way that might be more challenging with vanilla out of the box WordPress? It's experiential in terms of you know side scrolling and so on and so forth. Um, and you also kind of touched on animation, is you think that's also part of the kind of benefits
0: in terms of functionality to React and Angular? Yeah, that yeah I think it's that whole, that whole UI experience, right? So what React offers a lot is, um, you know, you, don't, you can do a lot without reloading the page. You know, you can use sockets. I mean, there's all kinds of different things that you can do to kind of make that experience a, uh, you know, almost a, a single page app, um, you know, or, or something similar. Uh, it allows you to do all that. Whereas if we were doing that straight with WordPress, you know, we would either have to, we'd have to script the whole thing on top of WordPress anyway. Um, You know, so we decided that if we want this experience where, you know, the page doesn't reload, the content is always there, you know, you click things and you instantly, it already appears and React was the perfect solution for that.
3: So do you think that if WordPress uh, itself had some of the scripting kind of Encoded in it, that that would kind of alleviate some of those feature parodies that you might gain from React in, in relation to the features that you're mentioning.
0: I think so. Um, you know, the, the 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 catch would be like, what do you build it in? Um, you know, there are so many JavaScript frameworks that, that come and go. Um, you know, React and Angular are kind of the the big ones right now, but who knows what's gonna what's coming up over the horizon. Um, but definitely like if, if that was was part of WordPress, then we wouldn't deal with the issue that we deal with now is where do we where do we put the different pieces? Right. So if we already have WordPress hosting uh, and now we have to you know, host the front end with nodes somewhere else and you know, there's all these different components, it would take a lot of that complication out if we you know, if WordPress offered that as, as a single solution.
3: Sure, and of course we heard at State of the Word, right? Matt talking about the kind of uh, long path, but transition to mm-hmm. uh, more of a JavaScript base in WordPress core, and so you start to think like, well, what does the future then hold for? Some of the capabilities that React and Angular are delivering, um, you know, in, in inside of a WordPress context itself. I want to dig more into this, particularly around performance, though, because that's tended to be the first benefit people hit on when they talk about JavaScript decoupled headless. But we're going to take a break, and we'll be right back.
2: Time to plug into a commercial break. Stay tuned for more. Press this in just a moment. Let's press forward with more. Press this only on Webmaster Radio. Hello,
3: everyone. Welcome back to Press This, the WordPress Community Podcast on Webmaster Radio. This is your host, David Vogelpohl, and I'm interviewing Click Here Labs' Jonathan Jeter around getting your head around headless. Right before the break, Jonathan, you were sharing some of the capabilities you felt React and Angular brought to the experiences you built that weren't native with inside of WordPress. Um, But I want to kind of shift gears a little bit. And, you know, this is, I think, where where most people start when they talk about JavaScript decoupled headless is that it's faster. Um, I get speed benefits out of it. And then... Um, obviously, there's some complexity for some orgs to take on this new tech and to break up their workflows by breaking up their stack, mm-hmm. and so there's overhead in doing this. And so I'm just curious, like with things like full page caching, like are you really getting speed benefits by uh, pushing that workload into your React app? I
0: think I think you can. I think that it just really depends on you know how streamlined and how uh, optimized your WordPress installation is as well, right? So. Um, when you're calling an API, that's gotta be generated somewhere. And with WordPress is generating the content, you know, it's, yeah, it's a little less overhead than if it was actually building, you know, page building the page as well. Um, you know, but it does have to serve up uh, the contents of, of that JSON. So, um, you know, you're using WordPress anyway, uh, But there are speed benefits because the, you know, the front end frameworks that we're using do the the full page caching. They do the, you know, the the preloading of content so that, you know, even though it's not visible, you know, you can have all of your menu ready to go and, you know, you basically create, create a react app that has all of your content, right? So it's one call to the API. You pull everything that you think you're going to need, at least for that context, right? And then it's ready to go when the user clicks and that speed um, it's a little bit on, on initial load, but mainly it's going to be like through the, the interaction on the page from the user, right? They're, gonna, they're not going to have a noticeable, um, you know, a lag or anything that happens when they click something or when they scroll. You know, that's, it's, it's all going to be right there because it's already loaded on the page.
3: So the notion is that for that first page load, maybe not getting a speed benefit. Um, but by having things like native full page caching, which again people can address outside of a re, you know React or Angular mm-hmm. context, but that is kind of a native benefit to React um, and. You know, from there it's like, you know, the, the functionality basically, if I if I'm if I'm correct, that you're describing is basically I'm loading the whole site basically into the browser in advance or experience. And as I kind of click around and do stuff, it's already there in my browser and I don't have to kind of go back and keep making calls for each time I want to load something new. Um, and so with with that context, I guess, every time I use a React app, my fan starts going crazy, my battery life goes to hell. Uh, like, are you just offloading the computer power onto the person's phone or laptop? like is is that a good thing? like what are what are the trade-offs there? I mean, I guess it's good to have speed, but if my you know computer's going nuts and my processor's going crazy, my battery's going to hell, there's a trade-off there,
0: right? Right, and that's where you need to, op, you know, make sure you optimize the code, right, because there's like everything, right, there's a good way and, and a not so good way to do things. Um, so, yeah, basically what's happening is if you're offloading everything to the front end, um, you know, then it's all happening in your browser and, and your device is going to have to do, you know, all of the, that computing power that, you know, with a typical WordPress installation is being done on the server. Um, so, again, it's about trade-offs. And what we've done, like, like I said earlier, that we took it that one step further to say, well, you know, to address that issue, and, and let me back up just a second. You know, we're not talking about you know blogs with thousands of pages here, and you know all this kind of content. I'm talking about small brand sites, you know, you know, single page apps basically. Um, but we did take it that one step further to say, oh, you know, what we're actually going to do is we're going to build this as a static site. So there is, you know, you're basically everything's there, um, and and even you know, you're not worried about you know the having to either use Node or you know these these uh, other interactions that are going on, right? It's 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 not like we're having to call a script to do it. It's already loaded.
3: I want to throw you a curveball. We didn't talk about this before, so hopefully you have a good answer. But right. uh, like one of the kind of pushbacks on React is you know I'm I'm kind of loading up all these experiences or or air quote pages that aren't actually re- you know web pages with URLs, and so that has implications to SEO. Do you consider SEO a big concern when building out React uh, React apps, or do you do you have some way of working around that?
0: So we actually do. Um, we consider that a lot. And, and there's several like everything there's several wa- different ways to build it. So what, what I was talking about with the you know the static site that we built was very specifically for SEO reasons right That way you know it wasn't an empty DOM. all of the HTML is there when the page loads. Um, you know Google will, will see it as a, a regular static site as opposed to the way that we consider doing it which is you know using node using a server, Basically, loading a blank page and then you know populating it once once the DOM is loaded. Um, so those are definitely concerns, and definitely they're definitely things you want to think about. Um, all that said, right? You may take a hit for you know certain things on Google, um, but they're going to see the content, right? So the, the bots can you know they can see JavaScript, they can read, they can know what's on the page. Um, so like my SEO guys tend to say, right, there's a, it's a kind of a total score and you want to do your best on every single one of those pieces. And sometimes you'll, you know, get dinged for one thing, but if you do better in another spot, then, then you can make up for it.
3: I like to think of SEO, like racing in the Tour de France, shaving your legs won't help you win, but nobody's won in the last X Tour de France's without shaving their legs. Uh, exactly. But it's interesting to hear about this, the way you guys think about those trade-offs and the way you're working around that. So, you know, if you talk to any technology leader and you say, what's the biggest problem you would, uh, you could solve that you have on your plate right now, the answer is always hiring. Um, and so I'm just curious, like, how do you think about the impact um, relative to hiring from choosing front end frameworks like React and Angular? Like, does it help? Does it make
0: things harder? Like, how do you think about that? So for me, it's actually helped because it's, it's for me, it's becoming harder and harder to find uh, PHP and WordPress developers. Um, you know, I, you, you go to these code schools and these places where people are learning tech and everyone's coming out, calling themselves a full stack developer, which basically means that they never do any backend. Um, and so, you know, you're coming out and they're saying, Hey, you know, I do, I do this and this and this, and they're all basically front end technologies, right? That now have everything is kind of migrated away from, from, from PHP. Now, you know, there's the .NET people and all that as well. Um, but when I'm hiring now, it's it's becoming harder and harder to find um, qualified, experienced uh, WordPress developers. So offloading that front end now allows me to basically, you know, bring people in who aren't familiar with WordPress that can build the front end of a site and I can still have my WordPress people, um, you know, focused on on that part of it.
3: This is so funny because PHP is still such a dominant language on the web.
0: I know. But I know,
3: it's like, well, you know, like if you're looking for sites to work on, the biggest target is PHP. Right, but it's uh, not
0: cool apparently anymore. It's not
3: cool, yeah, people, it's not cool. Uh, I guess they haven't tried to make a living yet, but uh, you know, people like you, Jonathan, <laughs> you'll keep them going. But right. you know, I, think, I think, you know, the writing is on the wall for a lot of people relative to what people are learning and how they're kind of coming out. And you know it was interesting because Matt touched on this point during State of the Word, talking about the transition to JavaScript and kind of acknowledge this people coming out of code schools don't know PHP um, kind of conundrum as Mm -hmm. one of the motivating factors for him pushing it that way. And of course, the community at large is full of a bunch of you know really good PHP developers. And so the community had a, kind of has this transition to go through um, those that are already there to, to learn the new stuff as it comes in. And then, of course, um, the, those learning in school and kind of coming out and then applying it in a WordPress context. Um, it's certainly an exciting time to be alive. It'll, it'll keep us all employed. What do you think, Jonathan?
0: Definitely. I mean, and and that's what I love about our industry, right? It's always changing. We're always looking for better ways to do things, you know, and you just kind of have to go through these swings. Like we've been through them before, like first everything was back in and now everything's front and it'll come back to the middle. So, um, you know, just a couple of years ago, there were like 22,000 JavaScript frameworks or or, or libraries to choose from. It's kind of settled down to just a few. Um, you know, we go through these transitions. And I'm sure in a few years, it'll be, you know, whatever the next big thing is, and we'll be all be talking about it and trying to figure out how to how to implement it the best for our clients. First, we'll freak
3: out about it, though, on Twitter and complain a lot before we before we do those next steps.
0: That never stops. Never stops.
3: I know it's funny to see um, how things hit like that. Um, So I guess, you know, earlier, you talked about how you had hired kind of separately those for the WordPress side and those for the react side. Um, Do these people on your team or do you see it's possible that they could kind of move back and forth or do they tend to be like really siloed? Like I know react or I know WordPress and and there's very little crossover. Like, which is it?
0: So my, my WordPress people do more crossover than my react people. So um, you know, my, my WordPress developers are used to building full sites, right? So they, you know, they, they, no WordPress. You know, they're into, you know, what do I do to build a theme? What are you doing in the admin UI to get the, the editors to put in the content in the right way? And so they, you know, they see the whole picture and I found it's a lot easier to get them to learn some React or or some other JavaScript um, than to get my react developers to start learning some WordPress. But I, you know, we're making progress and, and not to say that they won't um, but it's much more to me. What, what I see is it's much more of a jump to go from a straight JavaScript into WordPress and PHP than the other way. Because if you're a PHP developer, you've already used some uh, some JavaScript, right? You've already done CSS and HTML. Um, So those aren't foreign concepts to you. But if all you've ever done is HTML, CSS, and JavaScript, trying to come back into PHP, it's just a a different way to do things, and it's a learning curve. That's really interesting to
3: think about the kind of challenges in transitioning back and forth. Um, I have some follow-up questions, actually, on WordPress people kind of converting into the JavaScript React world. Um, But we're going to take a quick
2: break, and we'll be right back. Time to plug into a commercial break. Stay tuned for more Press This in just a moment. Ready to
1: do a podcast for your business? Make that podcast elevate to enterprise level. Let webmasterradio.fm expedite and execute your podcast to build your brand and broaden your customer base. Webmasterradio.fm has worked with the world's biggest tech brands, Google, Yahoo, and Bing, and have worked with fast-growing brands like ShipStation and GoDaddy. Now it's your your turn. turn. Contact brasco at wmr.fm and rush your enterprise-level podcast into production at a very reasonable rate. Email brasco.fm.
2: WP Engine gives you the flexibility to build it your way. Improve your SEO and conversion rates with a faster site on WP Engine. Learn more on WPEngine.com. Let's press forward with more Press This, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Press This WordPress community podcast
3: on Webmaster Radio. This is your host, David Vogelpohl, and we're talking about getting your head around headless here Labs' Jonathan Jeter sharing his insights from his team and how they approach um, headless applications using JavaScript. Before the break, Jonathan, you were sharing a little bit about, you know, how you felt like WordPress developers kind of had an easier time learning React than, say, just HTML, CSS, and JavaScript developers kind of learning backwards in, in terms of learning PHP and learning the way WordPress is today. Um you know, we've seen, of course, Gutenberg released in December of last year, 2018, um, sort of using React. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, using it, but but not in the ways we might think about it from a front end perspective. Um, but do you do you think like things like uh, Gutenberg and kind of other improvements to core over time will will kind of paint the road that more of these? WordPress PHP developers kind of buy in and are able to use these new technologies? Like, do you think it's like a race for skills or do you think it'll be like a natural transition?
0: Currently, I think it'll be more of a natural transition until we get more of that JavaScript framework incorporated into what happens on the front end of native WordPress. um, You know, just, hey, I need you to code a block isn't enough for someone to say, I'm going to go learn React, right? Um, especially when, you know, all it's doing is one thing and then it's turning it into HTML and, and you know, it's back to where it was. Um, so I, I do see that that transitions is happening. I, you know, obviously the WordPress people that, that you know, code the whole thing you know the the one person shops or the few person shops or you know like my team of developers that work on WordPress right they don't just do PHP right they do PHP and they create themes and they, you know they have to get CSS and yeah I do have separate front-end people that'll come in and you know and and apply all the different things that the front-end people do Um, you know but there's that that kind of back and forth between the two that exposes them to that And um, that's what I don't see on the people who are coming out as full-stack developers who, you know, they just do HTML, CSS, JavaScript, Node, um, you know, and a whole lot of really cool technologies using all kinds of different APIs and different kinds of, you know, all, you know, whatever the latest database server of the week is too, um, you know, but they're not experienced with kind of building out that whole, um, you know, that CMS-type framework, right? They they build a little admin UIs and those kinds of things. Um, But, yeah, that transition uh, for, for the PHP developers that I have at least, um, you know, it's, it's happening. They know JavaScript, you know, jQuery is already there. So they've been using that, you know, and as react comes in then then it gives them more of a motivation. Like, you know, I've heard of that. I, I should probably get to know it at least and and be familiar with it. Even if I'm not going to be a react developer.
3: Okay. That makes sense. So if it's the, f- you know, frameworks like I actually I do have another kind of curveball question here for you, Jonathan, sure. Um, one of the other pieces of feedback I've received talking to people about thinking about JavaScript decoupled was that, hey, look, React and Angular change too much, right? They introduce um, new versions with breaking changes, and so it becomes kind of a drag to maintain the application. Um Have you experienced that? Do you think that's just you know not true or like absolutely true, and you spend a bunch of time fixing it? like how do you
0: how do you deal with that? So in my experience, that was Angular. So Angular 1 to 2 was a huge change in breaking changes, and I think React caused a lot of that. Um, again, that's not my specialty, but from what I've heard and what I've read and the people I've talked to, um, you know, there was a lot where Angular was going down a certain path, and they said, oh, no, this is the way we need to go. So were there, there were those breaking changes. Um, you know, React, I haven't seen those kinds of breaking changes um, or, or experienced them, but there there are going to be changes like that, you know, like React Native, you know, it was going to be the thing and now it may not necessarily be the thing, right? So there's in this industry, yes, in that space, there's always going to be things where, you know, we're, we built this and now we can't maintain it. But I've run into that with, um, you know, not with WordPress specifically, but with other other CMSs as well. Um, And sometimes even in WordPress, right? So you have a certain set of plugins, right? And then a core update comes out. and Now you got to go back and revisit everything that's in there. Uh, You know, because there are some breaking, not necessarily breaking changes for for the the platform itself, but breaking changes for the things that you've done, the plugins you built, the the specific code that you put in that calls a function that's not used anymore. Um, That's just kind of the way things work uh, in, in what we do. All right. Um, last question. So, if
3: you—it uh, sounds like you're getting some benefits out of going JSD coupled. You're getting uh, potentially speed benefits. It's kind of easier to hire those front-end folks, um, and then you're also getting some functionality that you're enjoying, at least in the terms of applications that you're building. So, if all that was in core, would you reconsider your thoughts on JavaScript decoupled?
0: Uh, probably, uh, but every time every time we consider it, it's it's its own discussion, right? We don't just jump in and say, "Hey, we're gonna every site we do from now on is decoupled," right? Every site is different. Every client requirement is different, um, you know. So if we're talking a, a three page website that needs to be done, you know, in a couple of weeks, and we we can use the theme, right? I'm not gonna decouple it. I'm just gonna build it the way it is, um, you know. So. And again, like I said before, like if it's a you know a, a blog with however many pages, we're going to consider whether the efficiencies um, you know we have within WordPress of serving up that content, and maintaining it, um, you know, outweigh the the coolness factor of being able to pull everything from an API.
3: Well, that's really interesting to hear, and uh, I really wish we had more time today, Jonathan. But I think you know we promised to help people get their head around headless. I, I think we delivered that. I think it's now uh, up to the audience to now get their head around whether headless is right for them. Um, But this was really educational. Thank you so much for joining today, Jonathan. No problem. It was a pleasure. Thank you very much. Awesome. And if you'd like to learn more about what Jonathan's up to, you can check it out at clickhearlabs.com. Thanks, everyone, for listening to Press This, the WordPress Community Podcast on Webmaster Radio. Just a reminder, you can subscribe on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify, or download the latest episodes at webmasterradio.fm. Again, this is your host, David Vogelpohl. I support the WordPress community through my role at WP Engine, and I love to bring the best of the community to you here every week on Press This.
1: The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of webmasterradio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of webmasterradio.fm is prohibited.
4: Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant.